Hey everybody, or one person, or a girl on her skateboard, or a guy on his bike, or someone with more gender fluidity hunting for Easter eggs, or setting up an Easter egg hunt for their children. Um, Wherever you are, I'm Jamie it's nice to talk to you. I'm coming to you live from the desert. It's October 12th. This is Tuesday. It is the Tuesday uh, um, before um, the Saturday of my 45th anniversary on Earth. And I'm spending time with you today to connect with you. I think about you often. I think, how best can I communicate to you? I am blown away. Um, I have been blown away this last year in hearing from a lot of you and having back and forths in helping you process your trauma either directly or indirectly in um, providing you some of the notes of my journey as a human being who um, is finding out all these, I feel like I'm unlocking some of the potentials and uh, the potentials of being human, what it means to be human. And we, I think that we have sh- sold ourselves short for a long time. We have um, only lived toward what we feel like is possible it was just being illustrated recently on a podcast. They were talking about uh, there was at one point where um, breaking the record for the four minute mile was seen was was uh, seen as impossible for human beings, and yet once it was done, uh, once that record was broke, now many people have done it. And I was listening to that, thinking about all the other potentials um, that I've that I've personally unlocked that other people have pointed towards uh, moving toward the potential of being a human and that there's more to the story than we've been told or we've been shown and uh, you know and, and it makes perfect sense when you think about yourself being an expression of the universe and uh, you know you certainly are Zooming out of the idea of being a human being born to your parents and all that stuff in a region, in a country, you know, at a period in time, you know, jumping out of that for a minute and just seeing yourself as an expression of this universe. You have been birthed from uh, almost ethereal nothingness. And here you are in form. And we think about all this incredible stuff that the sun does, incredible things that, you know, you can find in space. We're endlessly exploring space. And we are space. <laughs> you know, space is our heritage. You know, all of what's in the universe is in us. And so why wouldn't we have the same abilities to unlock in the same magistry to to explore why wouldn't we have that you know being an expression of the universe and so i'm living more in accordance with my spot in being a expression of the universe than i am even being a human though human is a very relatable thing and it also 
um, implies that uh, mistakes are made. Um, but I think that we have uh, we have really, as a people, at this stage at least in 2021, um, in this tenth month of 2021, uh, we have set ourselves up to not be able to make many mistakes, to not have many blemishes on our uh, body um, or in our actions uh, that we don't condemn ourselves for. I mean, I have a zit today or some sort of blemish on my face that I haven't, I used to have terrible skin as it's been well documented somewhere in the ether of podcast graveyards. Um, I have, I had, I had terrible skin, a terrible skin. I mean, just like the bumpiest forehead, tiny, tiny little bumps, and big irregularities on my nose. I, I remember one time I had a zit so big that it looked like I had a third nostril, uh, which is not a good look. Um, but I worked with it, and I threw a hat on like that was going to do something. Um, but anyway, so so I woke up with a zit today, and today for the first time, as I approach 40 fucking 5... I'm starting to be a little gentler on myself about that. I saw it. I haven't had to zit in a long time, and I've I've cleared up my my skin problem, surprisingly through the convention of sort of capitalistic uh, uh, face treatments vis-a-vis proactive. uh, changed my life. And this is not a proactive ad. I'm not uh, like Tim Ferriss in his podcast where he starts talking about athletic greens, I am not doing an ad for proactive, but I, I know that at one point I had really bad skin. I surrendered to having really bad skin. I tried proactive, which was a reluctant gift that I got from my ex-wife. And that's not why she's my ex-wife now. Um, but she got me this gift on my 36th birthday or 35th birthday, and it was proactive. And I was like, fuck. Like, this is my gift. I'm now at the age now where I'm getting proactive uh, memberships um, from the person who is supposed to see me as a, uh, as their, as their object of desire as now. Like, but anyway, that gift was an important gift and I still use the shit. And this years later, I still use it and my skin's pretty good. But here I am today with this zit. And most of the time, any area of, my body or, you know, my hair is kind of loosening up. Uh, like <laughs> that's a fun way of saying that my, that, that my hair is falling out, but my hair is loosening up. It's loosening up its grip. <laughs> um, so my, yeah. So the hair's thinning out up top or whatever. Like if, uh, I had this great tan, I was out here last in the desert for about a month and I had this fucking, I look like a burnt like piece of chicken and, and now that's starting to fade and just the hardship that we put on ourselves. How far am I from being an expression of the universe when I give myself shit for having love handles or whatever the case may be for not having some, um, I saw Burt Reynolds body the other day. Um, in uh, Boogie Nights 
And I was like, you know what? That's probably, I should be striving for a Burt Reynolds body at this stage, a Burt Reynolds boogie nights, uh, Burt Reynolds in his late fifties, early sixties, which is probably when that film was made. That's what I should be going for right now. And, and I could do a lot worse, but anyway, my whole point is, is that we're, we become really hard on ourselves for these various forms of expression within the human experience. And we've gotten really good at that and we shame ourselves and we're all in it. We're fucking all in it. I don't know a single person who doesn't do that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is through years of doing all of these things that I'm doing to, to really understand who I am beyond the narratives, beyond all the life experiences, beyond the preferences, you know, the person I'm getting to know is starting to be a little kinder to myself. And today I saw that and I was like, all right, well, I have four sessions today and, and I'm going to choose to believe that through these sessions that they're not going to be focusing on this blemish on my face. I'm going to choose to believe that the information exchange that we're in and the processing of stories and the shared experiences that, that this blemish on my face is not going to be the focus at all. Because when I look at people, and I don't know if you're like this, but when I look at people, I do not see the stuff that I see on myself. I mean, I really don't see, um, you know, I, I, I see people as like a whole being. And I'm not saying this is an advanced way of seeing things because I think most of us see others as being like, oh, well, that, look, that's, that's the Zachary shape. Yeah, no, that's the Melanie body, you know, and we don't condemn any other people, you know, as much as we condemn ourselves. And for me, when I see these blemishes or these, 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 these things, these aspects of the body, it's like all I see all day, you know, and that is puzzling to me. And how, once again, how far away am I from being an expression of the universe in a short, measurable time on this planet Earth, you know, where there's so much else to explore, you know, there's so much else to look at. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my rant about the blemish uh, situation. And coming back to being a expression of the universe, well, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's going to be very diverse, all right? So as soon as we get short-sighted with ourselves, as soon as we start getting into limitations, we're really not looking at this universe correctly because this universe, from what I'm hearing, is expanding. You know, it's not getting smaller. And yes, there is decay. And yes, there is destruction. And yes, things... Uh, that were once here are no longer to be found, at least by our senses. All of that may be true, but it's a universe that's getting bigger and everything seems to just be becoming. It's all becoming. 
And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I believe that like, you know, love doesn't change. It becomes something else. You know, when our life comes to an end, it becomes something else. We're all in a state of becoming, you know, and I think that there, there's a horror show aspect of what it is that we're becoming in people's minds. They don't like the idea of aging. You know, um, I'm in this constant thing with Lacey, my partner, and for years I've been pointing out all the different people who, the men especially, who dye their hair. And she has had a really hard time with that, with believing that that, uh, men dye their hair as much as they do or dye their beards. But we're talking celebrities here. And not all celebrities even. Like there's a lot of just people hanging out. Guys in their 70s who have jet black hair. God bless them. I, I, I think about experimenting with my almost completely white or silver hair at this point. I, I, I miss little blotches of black in it. And I think I'm somebody who used to dye my hair all the time. And I was the king of manic panic. And... Um, and was into really lavish, you know, um, hair dyeing experiments. I remember I had a ladybug head at one point, all red with black dots. I had a, a friend of mine who was a, a, um, an impressionist style, uh, painter do this really incredible sort of Monet looking thing on my head. That was his own creation. You know, I was constantly in, bleach blonde or jet black. And I was messing with the color of my hair all the time. And I think that there's a part of me that, that still wants to experiment, you know, and do fun things, you know, but there's this aspect also of like, I, I feel like I'm in a good position to promote aging as aging is coming and not being the embodiment of someone who's trying to reverse aging, at least in appearance, and helping to promote like being a living commercial for, um, for aging, the aging process, and still being able to find beauty in that, you know, and the, the, the thing that I'm really trying to find is like softness towards myself. And, you know, and I think that, that, uh, that when we do these steps of trying to make ourselves look younger on some level, and this is something that Pema Chodron would probably agree, that and, and Chogyam Trumpa, her teacher, uh, both, uh, well, no, Pema's still alive, but uh, Chogyam Trumpa's passed, but it, they, they would say that it's a subtle form of aggression toward ourselves. You know, and just think about that for a minute, you know. Why is it that I'm trying to change the way that I look and change this very natural situation, you know, to be more appealing? Is it, It's basically an act of, you know, aggression towards ourselves, very subtle, subtle aggression in the way that, uh, you know, driving crazy in traffic is uh, aggressive or something, you know, and I'm guilty of that. Like, I think... A lot of people have been very surprised um, 
to experience uh, the person who brings them into uh, Buddhism or Zen states or somebody who who truly loves everyone, that they drive uh, 80 miles an hour. And, and I have a lot of fun uh, um, driving. I just enjoy it. It feels like this constant playing with energy. And, uh, but, you know, there are aspects of it that are very competitive, you know, and I, I'm at a stage with driving where when I drive that way, I can see myself doing it. And there are other people who I feel like I'm having this playful game with on the road. And I think they acknowledge it too. Um, because, uh, you know, um, we're kind of, uh, um, sort of pushing for positions and, you know, on the freeway and, uh, I know how to disengage now. That's the only difference, you know, and, and I'm really starting to slow down, but for the longest time, I, you know, I think that I got out a lot of my, of what I accumulate, uh, working in the populations that I have and going through divorce and, you know, and uh, all this constant change and, you know, um, the 25 people that I've worked with in the last six years in treatment centers who are young are all no longer on the planet, you know, have all chosen to go back to drugs or in one way or another have gone out and, uh, and ended their lives and, and processing all of what it's like, all of the, um, the stuff that, that, uh, in the moment I'm probably not aware of. I feel like I've gotten that out in, in, uh, driving. And that's just me being really honest with you about this. And this is kind of a real time, uh, realization that I'm having about that. But I think that driving has been a place for me to, to sort of, uh, you know, in every other area of my life, uh, there's, there's, uh, a lot of order, there's a lot of care and both of those things exist for me on the road. Um, but, uh, there's a playfulness and a kind of wildness that I get to be. And, uh, so far, uh, since that's been the case, and that's been, I think throughout my, uh, my what I would consider to be my spiritual awakening of the last eight years. Uh, I haven't gotten in any, in any accidents. Uh, I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't gotten any tickets. Uh, um, so I'm doing something right out there. And uh, but I'm also learning to slow down, learning to take care of my life, and also just you know I've had these stickers on my car, <laughs> these bumper stickers that are like you know, peaceful messages or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then that person is like swerving around in traffic or something. It's probably not the best message for peace, you know, <laughs> uh, driving that way. Um, so I, I, I found myself taking off these stickers, <laughs> taking off the stickers rather than, uh, rather than adjusting my driving. You know, I've taken off the stickers, from the car because I don't want to give Tibet a bad name. So I'll take off the fucking Tibet flag sticker. So it's not like, Oh yeah, we're associating, uh, this jerk driver with Tibet. Um, but I have in the last bit of time started to, um, something shifting because I'm seeing through the ignorance of that situation. Like, you know, I think we all, I don't know. Okay. I won't speak for you. Sorry. Um, I feel like I have, I, I'm wanting one area where I can fucking be a little bit of a mess, 
you know, and do things uh, a little unconventionally. And I'm wanting that because uh, in all the other areas of my life, this is the most I'm doing things uh, objectively right that I've ever done, you know, in my life. And I think that's uh, anyone who's been in my life um, for a long duration and been through many of the stages would, would agree with that, that this is like, you know, I'm paying bills, I'm paying taxes, I'm, uh, you know, I'm paying off debts, I'm uh, showing up to places that I say that I'm going to be, you know, I'm doing something virtuous with my life uh, in the way of like helping people uh, live theirs, you know, and so there's been this one little area where it's like, you know, kind of fun and I do a lot of driving. I've driven, uh, I've had this car for years and I've already reached the 100,000 mile mark uh, because I also don't ask other people to go out of their way for things. And so I've never asked my ex-wife to drive and meet me halfway. Uh, I've chosen to live outside of the city um, where the kids live uh, to to be able to have some sustainable uh, peace in my life and to have a quality of life and just kind of get towards that. Like, let's get towards the quality part of living and not wait for it to hopefully happen to us, you know? And so I've, I've lived um, an hour on average outside of uh, the city where my kids live. And so I've never asked any, I've never asked her to, to drive or meet me halfway or any of that stuff. And I've, I've been like, Hey, you know, if I'm going to choose to live somewhere outside of this, I'm not going to ask anybody to clean up uh, my mess, you know, and this is a very important thing for me to live in a place that's uh, beautiful and that promotes, um, you know, openness and, uh, is more of like a, uh, a conscious sort of community and Ojai honestly is the most conscious community I've ever been a part in and, and it has room for improvement certainly it's not a perfect situation but it is as perfect as I've found on earth thus far in my short time here and um, you know and honestly the feeling of going into the city now is like where I lived my whole life like I it's it's unbelievable to me when I see people out walking their dogs, you know, when I'm driving in the city and I see people walking their dogs through the city and I'm thinking about all of what we subject ourselves to. And God bless you if you live in the city. Like I, I, I did it for many years, all right? This is just the smallest portion of my life. But now having the contrast and driving into it and seeing what we call existence and how slammed on top of each other we all are and how... You know, uh, there's just constant the hum of traffic and, you know, and uh, it makes sense to me why we choose to um, to go into nature or why we revere going uh, camping or on vacation so highly is because we're just not getting enough of what's possible in this life. And it's not set up and designed that way. And it's certainly, um, you know, a class system. You know, so don't think I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, unaware of, um, of what my life has afforded me, you know, I'm just able to have this observation and I'm trying to, uh, I haven't, I, I, I feel like I'm in a very unique position, um, having, uh, not that long ago, not even 20 years ago, having, uh, had nothing. So I had to like start completely over 
after pissing my life away and uh see and even that doesn't really is that like it once you get to know me and you know my story is it fair to say that I pissed my life away well I had some hand in it certainly you know but um but you know there was a lot of causes and conditions that led me to uh seek cycles of escape that would eventually burn every bridge down to the ground and have me homeless but having made it through that and having built back a life brick by brick honestly uh i did it with a lot of help and so we need each other um but i'm in a unique position to have had like a uh upbringing of like a uh a middle class upbringing um and uh you know things that were afforded that were certainly would make me seem rich to in a third world country uh, even though uh the middle class here have uh you know there's limitations to that living but you know uh, there's limitations to all forms of living including those who are incredibly wealthy who are stuck in uh the the mindset of more accumulation and and less uh sort of appraising the beauty of each moment as it's passing not being in some sort of accomplishment based loop you know that uh that we're addicted to you know i think that we're we're 100% addicted to accomplishment and uh we have been taught to multitask and we have been celebrated for our abilities to multitask and i will tell you this as i uh, approach my 45th uh trip around the sun as they say that uh that Well, what do I have to say about that? I can't do multiple things now. (laughs) I can't multitask anymore. And I don't know if it's the meditation that's fucking with the system or what, but now... And if it's... I don't know if it's work with psychedelics that's done this... But I, if I'm doing one thing, I can only do that one thing. If I'm washing the dish, I'm not that good at listening to elaborate stories. And I know this about myself, and I have to ask people now to, can you hold off a second? I'm finishing the dish or something like that. And my kids especially, like I, I'll tell them, I have to pause this because if you're talking to me while Stephen Colbert is talking to me, if we're all sitting down watching a thing and then you start to talk to me, like I have to pause this now, which I'm happy to do, but I just can't do, I can't process too much all at once. I've actually labeled my phone. Um, you know how you can name your phone? Like you can name your iPhones at least. I don't know what the technology, I don't know if uh, Androids have been afforded that technology to be able to name your device but i've named mind mindlessness because that's largely what this rectangle has represented to me it's just oh this it's mindlessness time you know and um you know all these things all these appraisals whenever i say anything that is challenging about my life or where i'm seeing areas where i'm still stuck you know i really have an eye on this i'm not like I'm I'm really as much as uh I know that I can only do one thing at a time. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's wrong. 
or in the wrong. I wonder if that is, uh, if that's an accomplishment actually. And here I am back into addiction accomplishments. You see, I'm turn, trying to turn my ability to only do one thing at once into accomplishments. So it fits into some bank, you know, some bank of like, oh, you know, look at that. You know, all this stuff is like, like there's a me that has become awareness that can see where all the games are in this, in this life. Within, no, I mean the games within my own experience. I finally have enough say to call bullshit, but to do it lovingly. I call bullshit on myself, but I forgive myself. And I see how. I see how I arrove here. Arrove? Arrived? Arrovid? Not really sure. Certainly write in about that and let me know what the appropriate word would be there. Um, And it's another thing with, you know, this leads me to sort of, I was having a conversation today with um, someone in session about sides. And someone was telling me that they were just on a road trip and that they, uh, they were, they saw like seven states in uh, a short amount of time in like a a month uh, riding on the back of a motorcycle. And uh, this is this client's uh, uh, vacation with her boyfriend and sort of ending up in, um, in Texas. And the story was that uh, it was amazing to her how many truck stops and how many different restaurants had a lot of Trump merch in it. And she said that she saw a mug that uh, said, God, guns, and Trump, something like that, right? And uh, this doesn't surprise me at all. And, uh, you know, but I looked at my mug, the mug that I was using to drink my morning tea as she was telling me this. And my mug was completely porcelain and just plain. And... um and I looked at that and I was like, well, this, this one actually sums up how I feel about life is that there's really nothing to promote. There's no sides, you know, and this is a difficult one because we certainly are at this stage in, um, in a place of heightened pol- polarizing more so than ever before from what they say. Now, I, I say all this. And I want you to know that I also know how much beauty is going on in the world and that if you ask a palm tree or something like, hey, well, how do you feel about all these sides that are you know, going on? The palm tree is going to look at you like you're crazy and go, um, you know, you must be on the other side. No, I'm just kidding. So palm tree doesn't know anything about that, you know? And so there's beauty always going on in the world. And these are all just the stories of humanity, but within humanity, we are now polarized and we are in this camp or that camp. And, and we have turned our back on each other, you know, and we're not listening to each other anymore. And, uh, and it's a form it's a it's a weird form of violence it's like a a very subtle form once again of just a a violence is sort of not hearing anybody anymore and choosing sides and and my 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 true position is that everybody's right right and and if that's challenging 
let me explain for a minute, but, but it can also just remain challenging. It's fine. But uh, I understand how everyone who has a strong opinion got there. I've certainly been indoctrinated into certain beliefs that are not shared world vision beliefs that are subject in, uh, to my, the region and the time of, uh, within humanity um, and my parents and their outlook and all of that. And so I've been indoctrinated, as we all have, into certain beliefs that aren't always shared. But everybody has a story of how they got to those points. And when we get angry at each other, we're getting angry at the story as it has unfolded for them as if they've had any choice along the way. Because I don't know if you've been looking around and not seen that there's, uh, you know, seen all these mentorship stations on every corner like Starbucks where we can, you know, work through our traumas and, and find another way of being towards ourselves. No, we are, <laughs> we're indoctrinated mostly by TV and what we see on TV is accomplishment and what we see is camps and we think about the camps of our parents and the way that we were shown uh, living. And if that was terrible, then we go to the opposite camp and then we find where that exists in the world and all that. you know. And we're just constantly, there's just no one to be angry at who's alive because all of this stuff got started long ago and our society is not set up to be able to help people process all this and reevaluate thousands of years of unworked with notions, you know, just idea after idea, which mostly was, you know, was an idea created out of some form of limitation. Even within science, we don't even know how antidepressants work. You know, we don't know most of what, you know, uh, of how the body works, you know, and we can, so that if that's the truth and everything that we create is going to have some sort of limitation to it, it's, it's the best of what's available to measure things by, but that is not the ultimate truth. And who knows what ultimate truth is and whether we'll even get close to it. I mean, we're having to use limiting bodies, limiting sense perceptions. We're not seeing everything that's going on as it's been shown through science that there's like all these lights that are going by that like there's just a dimension of of existence that we're just not in touch with and when we're using the limited apparatuses of ourselves so of course those we start out limited even though we're a part of an expanding universe and we're an expression of it we're using a body that is finite to be able to try and read something that's infinite and and you can see how we could fall short in that and then so when we come up systems for living all these systems for living and all these ideas about what it's like to be a person have come from people who have been greatly limited and who have have chose to use only the best of what's available to them in that moment which can be incredibly incredibly limiting you know, in uh, person to person. And so all this being said is, you know, why I don't take sides on things is because there are none. In my world, we're all in 
a continuity of information that was available to us and experiences that were either processed or unprocessed. And those help us form our opinions and our preferences moving forward. And we try to move more towards what feels good to us and away from what feels bad. And sometimes the things that feel bad in life are actually really great things. And sometimes the things that feel really good are really bad things, you know? And I think that we can all agree on that on some level. And I could give examples, but I won't. One thing I will say is that I grew up watching sort of liberal news, and it's something that my parents still watch. And now when I watch it, I just see another Fox News. I mean, the snarkiness of some of the the uh, the anchors is the same snarkiness of the other side. It's the same thing. It's It becomes opinion, and there's judgment, and this is not the news anymore. And yet we think... I th- you know, growing up being a liberal, like I know that a lot of my liberal friends feel like they're on the right side of history, you know, and there's a lot of limitations within all of that. If we're just blindly being led by whatever it is the majority is doing, you know, we're fooling ourselves thinking of ourselves as individuals, you know. And so stepping away from the news long enough, you know, and then moving back towards it at periods of time during this pandemic and seeing, oh my God, this thing that everybody's always talking about on the, on, on the right or whatever, you know, is happening on the left. And who, who knows how long it's been going on, but it's opinions and judgments. And that feels like just the other side of the same coin, you know, which is keeping us in bondage and keeping us ignorant. You know, and um, so anyway, if I my goal is to be able to move towards people and listen to them, and even if they're strong and opinionated, even if they are working with the rock logic, you know, even if they are um, really set in their views, that doesn't mean that I need to be set in mind when I'm hearing them. You know, I can see that as a painful aspect of humanity that's been unworked with. I can see that as something to try and change in my own life, being an example. You know, the last thing we need right now are strengthened positions, you know, and I understand how natural it feels to want that or to be sort of, um, sort of, uh, subtly and gently, um, cultivating our existence towards these positions, like how it happens. I get it, but I really need to remain, remain fluid. You know, I'm not going to die affiliated with anything. You know, I'm going to die with what I've done and what I've, what's left undone, you know? And, and so every day is affording me an ability to see things outside of the way that, that, that it's been all along, you know, and this is the thing of like that Einstein quote of like, you're not using the same mind to get yourself out of this, uh, out of the problem, you know, or whatever the quote is, that's way more beautiful than I'm, than I'm butchering in the moment. 
Um, hey, Jamie, you're not butchering. See, there I am right there. Just catch it. You're not butchering it. You're just like you're saying a thing and the sentiment's been shared. You don't need to call it butchering. All right. You can take the, uh, the imaginary knife out of your hand and put it down and know that you're doing your best and you're on this long ramble. It's been 39 minutes of you just going and you're by yourself and, and you're really trying to connect with people. Can I say that again? Uh, I think about you a lot. I think about how I can connect with you. I think about what's the best way of connecting with you to where you're not uh, further limiting yourself. Um, And as many times as I want to do IG lives because I just want to go like, hey, here's the glass house of Jamie where you can come. And yeah, you can't really come in, but you can see in and, you know, like, I don't know if using social media is the best way of being able to connect with you all the time, you know? So podcasts seem a little more indifferent and they seem like uh, more intentional. And uh, it's a technology right now that I'm, uh, that I'm, I'm happy to be a part of at this period of time. And, and I'm, I'm grateful also to all those who have pioneered the way through podcasting to make it, um, you know, an interesting thing to engage with, you know? And I know that a lot of you are like keeping me on in the background while you're painting or whatever it is, you know, and hopefully you're painting and I, you know, um, I welcome, you know, I invite, I invite that. And I, if you're able to do that, awesome. And I know how podcasts can sort of pass the time and everything, you know, um, and the thought that actually that what I'm saying right now is finding you in whatever you're doing, wherever you're driving, you know, uh, whatever great meditation or shitty meditation you just came out of, you know, um, whatever injury you're in, um, you know, so on and so forth. That's, it's mind blowing, you know, to have this little radio channel basically without commercials, you know, other than for proactive, (laughs) uh, anyway, it's a, it's uh, the the expression that life is short gets used a lot, and I really don't think that it is. From what I'm experiencing just in the last eight years, I feel like I've lived enough, and yet I want to be here a lot longer, all right? I guess I always kind of catch myself saying like, hey, I, it's been a great run, I've lived, you know, because <laughs> I always feel like, like, you know, that God's listening or something going like, oh yeah, great. Well, we'll just cash in his check. And, you know, so I'm always like a little like, hey, oh no, I want to be here. Don't, don't worry. I want to be here. Um, but I really do. Um, I, I really, I, in these last eight years, I've lived so much and it's because I've been paying attention to the moment and I've been really taking care of the moment and I've seen the moment, this eternal moment, this now that we're in now, that is the same now for you, wherever you are, whatever date this is that you're listening to this, as this now that I'm in. We're in this now together. There is only a now. And I've been paying a lot of attention to that. And, and I feel like if I did this for the rest of my life, by the time I'm done, or when, that my, when my ship sails, <laughs> uh, that I'm going to feel like I've lived. And it's been significant. And I really, um, I'm both looking forward to that day and not. You know, I had a thought a week ago about 
and I turned to Lacey and I was like, oh my God, I'm, we're going to die. We're going to die. And, and it was a sad feeling of like having to say goodbye to this. It is insane to think about my children taking their last breath. Like it's an insane thought. And yet, as far as I can tell, we're all going to have to, and I'm doing everything within my own life and within theirs to be able to make sure that, that we can go the distance, you know? I mean, I'm drinking ounces and ounces of beverages every day, uh, and meditating and that's about it. No, I'm, I'm eating intentionally also. And, you know, um, trying to keep my mind right. And, you know, um, I think I also want to just touch upon like the various aspects of, uh, mental health that arise, you know, we're all trying to get out of that, you know, when depression, I I know with my recent bouts with it, you know, when it's come on, um, I felt like, oh my God, what if I never go back? You know, what if I'm never back to the source, that place that actually helps people that lives within me that I feel disconnected from right now? What if, what if that just never comes back and the thought of that is so frightening? And so I understand the, uh, the uh, propelling ourselves towards whatever can bring about a change and, and why we do so to the gates of insanity. We'll chase, we'll chase uh, solutions for that, you know. Um, but I will say that uh, in facing it and working with it, what I found is that it is incredibly appropriate for us to be sad. It's, it's appropriate for us to be depressed at times. You know, it's appropriate for us to feel anxiousness. You know, if you look around and you're paying attention, you're not completely numbing yourself and you're not living in a tunnel. You can see that not only is it a world where anything can happen, but things are happening all over the place and things happen to those that we love and we watch, you know, uh, the worst of situations come out of nowhere seemingly and, and affect those we love. And if you're looking at all that, of course, you're going to be depressed from time to time. Of course, it's a natural aspect of life that we shouldn't chase away. It shows us something. It is sending us a message in that moment about how much we care. And that's what depression is, is it's actually a form of caring. You know, it's a form of you being in touch with the reality of the world where there is heartbreak and it's you facing that and facing the heartbreak and, 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 and being in touch with it and not turning your back on it. And it does pass. And it, and it can pass, you know, I think with various stages of grief. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's no like, there's no, um, you know, calculated way of being able to tell how long depression is going to stay. And it can be very scary as I've illustrated, you know, but it does say more about what's right with you, you know. And uh, you are getting a message in that moment. And if it's diet that needs to be changed, if it's more mindfulness that needs to be changed, you know, if it's uh, getting out of a situation that's abusive that needs to change, you know, being able to take a look at that and using the depression as an indicator of that, 
you know, of an indicator of change and an impetus for change. You know, um, depression is, uh, it's a very useful situation, you know, that we have outlawed. We have, uh, we've just made the boogeyman, you know, and, and, uh, I think that, um, you know, when we cry from something beautiful, it's because we know it won't last. And here we are seeing this very beautiful thing for this moment and we're noticing it and we're touching into the impermanence and the possibility in that moment, the possibility that beauty like this can exist and that I won't always be able to look at it. And that's those tears of, of, uh, the, the tears of joy, you know, which I call in my life, I, I, I wanted to name a book um, or something that I'm involved in. I wanted to call it heavy joy because I really, that's what it's been. You know, this life has been a series of heavy joys, you know, and the heaviness I'm not going to forget. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more going on to bring it back full circle to the way that we began this conversation. You know, all of this stuff is available in the invisible. All of these ideas are not readily available and in print and being talked about on street corners. You know, all of this stuff is like something that's in the everyday that we can extract by looking a little deeper and there are some great uh, spiritual scientists, you know. And when I say that word spiritual, I just mean, you know, th- the unseen world. Let's call it that, you know, of, uh, of that exists within each of us, that exists within reality. And I don't mean some, it doesn't even have to be some other dimension. You know, happiness is unseen. You know, joy is unseen. Sadness is unseen. You know, possibility, potential, imagination. You know, there's all these aspects of life that are just in this invisible realm that are a very living situation. You know, we need to have like a, to see all of what's available to us as a very living situation, something that, 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 uh, that we keep alive in our steps and our actions you know, in our thoughts that we don't settle, you know, don't settle for what's been written. Don't settle for the limitation of our, of, of our ancestors, you know, don't settle for what you can see. There's so much more to life. And, you know, that's one of the things that I hope that can be said about me is that i on some level, I was able to prove just from my own life's experiences and share that with others and have them have the same kinds of miracles, seeming miracles in everyday living, you know, that, that I was a part of that. Unlocking potential, you know, unlocking what's possible, you know, and there is a potential within each of us that is uh, radiant, it's available, and um, 
And it's just we need each other, you know. So think about how ugly it was when you were younger, when you heard somebody with a strong opinion or when you saw your parents shut down on someone else and where you had you had known that there was good in this other person that your parents are shutting down in. Maybe it was one of your friends. Maybe your parents forbade you from hanging out with this friend, you know, that that you knew was a good person. You had seen other aspects of their humanity outside of this one infraction, but you were banished from hanging out with them and you watched people shut down. That's what we're in. And I think if we take a good hard look at ourselves, we see that that lives, that's alive and well, and it's being celebrated on some level, abandoning together, you know? And I want to, basically exist and not exist. I don't want to be anything solid that anyone can rub up against in any negative way. I want to remain fluid to where like anything that anyone's working with that they throw at me, I don't take personally because that is their life's expression. Their, their The expression of all of their experiences is now being hurled at me. And I want to be able to see through that and still love them. You know, and that's what some of the greats like Ram Das, you know, have been able to show, you know, is the, the notion of loving everyone and telling the truth. You know, depression can be a truth. You know, our potential can be a truth. And I hope that wherever this finds you, this rant of mine. Once again, I'm going to soften on myself and not call it a rant because that sounds like I'm being aggressive toward myself. So this, this um, offering, this offering of these 50 some odd minutes of me going on and on, I hope that wherever it finds you, it finds you still with enough openness. Well, and obviously if you've gotten through this thing, you're either hate listening (laughs) <laughs> or or you're you're somebody that has this available this ear of the heart to be able to hear this message you know um no matter who you are and what you're going through um i love you and um i know that about myself you know i have had the experience of loving the unlovable of what society would call the unlovable people who have hurt other people you know, and I've been one of those people myself. You know, I've hurt people and, and um, you know, not in a physical way, but I've hurt people emotionally. I've hurt people uh, um, uh, financially, you know, and having lived through that experience, you know, I also know how I got there. And I didn't get there because everything in the world that's available is, uh, is, is um is the letter of the law or truth you know i know uh, i know that i love you because i've had the opportunity of loving people that society's forgotten and and uh, i've done it over and over again i know this part of myself and maybe it's because i see myself you know i see some aspect of me but there isn't a single person that's alive that hasn't done something and been a part of harm on some level, you know? And so um, I saw a thing once and it was like, 
thou shalt not judge because thou has also fucked up or something like that. If we just took a look at that every day before we left the house, you know, if we had it written somewhere to soften, you know, to not harden ourselves towards ourselves or to others, you know, what kind of world would this be? Until next time.